Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. Sure, let me uh, sit down. Luckily, I don't have to rush to clean up because I'm at this table next. So. There you go. Oh, super easy. Okay. He's checking out Infinity. Hey guys, Jim here from Creative Play and Podcast Network. I've got Ben. Hi, Ben. (laughs) Classic. Wow, you can tell I'm good on camera. Yep. Uh, Or on microphone, whatever this happens to be. Audio. Uh, Jim. Jim, yep. Uh, All right, hi, Jim. Jim, Ben, villains and henchmen. An awesome game we just got done playing. That's us. We're uh, Ravensdale Publishing. This is our first game. Uh, we've been developing it since last November 2014. Uh, my wife and I have worked on it together during that period of time, and it's coming to Kickstarter in February of 2016. So, uh, yeah, we're doing pretty well with it. We're um, on all the social media. Well, not yep. all the social media, but... We're on Twitter and you. Perfect, yeah. We're uh, Twitter at, at RavensPublish, and Instagram at, at Ravensdale.publishing. And we're on Facebook under Ravensdale Publishing as well. So, which I'll be hunting you down to find you shortly. Then. Perfect. Um, yeah, and I'll be checking out your podcast and cool. like, looking over all the. All so, the so how offer. would you describe the game? So it is a one to four player cooperative game. So you're playing the bad guys in a comic book themed kind of universe, and you're trying to break your supervillain boss out of one of four different prisons. So even though you're the bad guys, it is a cooperative game, for the most part. There's kind of a 5% competitive element, so if you are one of those people who every time you play a game you have to win above everybody else, this game has a little a little kind of mechanic for you, uh, which is always nice if you feel like sticking it to the rest of the players. So. <laughs> and there's a lot of opportunities when we played that do we want to do it for glory or do we want to do it for the team? Yep, yeah, there are a lot of t- times where you have to make a choice and either contribute to the strategic victory or boost yourself up. So it, it it's always interesting to see what choices people make and how their choices change over the course of the game. Um, because a lot, of can, a lot of changes can happen. Yeah, yeah. The game can change very quickly and as a result um, you can be near victory one turn and the next turn everything's falling apart. So. <laughs> Things do happen very bad, very quick sometimes. Yes, yes. So, uh, Good. So besides the space station, what other prisons are there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, we have the military compound, which uh, starts off with lots of guards. So they're not very threatening in and of themselves, but if you accumulate a lot of guards, it's like the military showing up. It's going to be a problem. Um, we've also got the super prison, which starts off with a fair number of guards and obstacles, and more importantly, has a special event that makes you discard your powers after you've purchased them. So you might have cool powers, and then you get one of those special cards, and you have to discard one of them. Um, and then the last one is the hero headquarters. This one tends to be the most difficult, but imagine you are uh, kicking down the front door of a super team that starts with A but is not owned by intellect- a mouse. Yeah, that is not owned by a mouse. Um, you're kicking down the front door of their house while they are home. And that's what the hero headquarters is like. You start with a bunch of heroes out, and it just goes downhill from there. So, <laughs> but it, honestly, it's a great game, I'm, and I, I love the little placemats. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, it's still a prototype, so we've got to tweak a few elements. But um, yeah, we've got them there to help you kind of 
learn the learn turn. Learn the structure. Exactly. So you can refer back to it the first few turns. Usually people, by the fourth or fifth turn of the game, they've got this, the process down. They don't need to keep checking the steps every turn. And they're just more invested in everything that's going on on the table. So um, it's a great thing to kind of keep things structured and guide people along. Um, but people don't tend to rely on it for very long before they've yeah. got it down. Oh, yeah. So. It, it, it's really quick to pick up. I mean, what, by third round, we're getting it down, doing it ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. We really wanted to make a game that had a lot of complexity and depth to it, but where each turn was very simple and quick. Because nobody likes to... Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Sorry. A lot of people like to play those, these kinds of games, and, and I'm, I'm one of them to a certain extent, where every player's turn takes 20 to 30 minutes of planning and strategizing and optimizing, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but if you just want a quick game, sometimes it can be tough to find something that's really complex and has some strategy a and lot planning, yeah, but is also relatively quick from one turn to the next. And in Villains and Henchmen, you play a turn in... 30, 45 seconds. Yeah, minute tops, um, yeah. And so it comes back around to your turn really quickly. And in that amount of time, by the time it comes back around to you, the game table has changed a lot. It, it completely evolves. I mean, one strategy starts out one way, then also when it gets back to me, I'm like, ooh, I can't do that. Right, because the powers you thought would be there aren't there. You've got new heroes, new <laughs> obstacles. And so it really, it really does require paying close attention without having to understand long-term yeah exactly, exactly. long-term strategy so it's kind of a nice midpoint yeah game. so and and the artwork is gorgeous i mean I, there's some beautiful artwork on it i have to agree with you um i i lucked out i've got a bunch of friends who are creative types who uh, were willing to work with me at a, at a huge discount uh, because when you're making a board game, the surprising, the, the biggest cost is actually art. Yeah. Most people think it's manufacturing, and yeah, that's expensive. But, I mean, you're going to make your money back on that, assuming yeah. you have a successful game. The artwork, though, if you are doing the quality that I'm at, at my price point, for this game is about $5,000, yeah. and that's at a severe discount. If I'd gone with normal art, not normal artists, but kind of professional commissioned artists, yeah. it would probably be $15,000. Yeah, because so, the artwork is gorgeous. Yeah, we've got some great artists. Um, Devin McCarthy did the light control um, card. He's a friend of mine. He's um, also on DeviantArt and everything like that. And then another guy I met through a playtest of the game at another event, and he did the artwork for the manipulator and our other archetypes, like uh, my personal favorite, the cyborg. Oh, yeah. So he's done all of our archetype cards, and he's just phenomenal. Um, so we've got we've got a team of five different artists, all of whom have slightly different styles, which gives it that comic book feel. Because yeah, yeah, you'll pick up one issue, and the next issue is a different artist. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of cool like that. Yeah. Um, keeps it aesthetically interesting. So. And, and you did a great job of trying to have a bunch of villains that could be great geniuses or fumbling buffoons. Yeah. Uh, we we tried to kind of keep it away okay. from to being too comedic. Because a lot of games where you play the bad guys, you're, you're falling over yourselves, you're, you know, you're kind of the bumbling, yeah. bumbling henchman. So we wanted this to be a little bit more serious. You're villains. You're good at your job. Whether you're good enough to successfully break your supervillain out is a different matter, but it's a more serious in tone. And so. hey, as the assassin, I killed quite a few. You did, yeah. You, uh, you managed to take out quite a few bad guys, or good guys. Quite a few good guys. Yeah, exactly. So, But uh, yeah. yeah. 
that's us. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. You're I welcome. mean, I'll get this posted. I'll let you know when it's up. And cool. I appreciate definitely that. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for bringing a great game to the game. My pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you think, think it's great. So. Hey, definitely. And um, did you have a business card? Uh, actually, I didn't bring them. Okay, fair enough. But uh, creatively in Podcast Network. Okay. And you've got my... I've got your card, yeah. Perfect. Uh, send me, shoot me an email. Okay. Um, and I'll put it up on my uh, social media and just mention it. Cool. So we'll cross-promote. Yeah. Anything so. we can do to get the word out there for this. Especially when I walked up earlier and you said Kickstarter, I'm like, ah, another Kickstarter to that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Kickstarter fiend. I love it so much. Kickstarter's a great venue for, for games. It really is. It, it has revolutionized the gaming industry. Because it, it lets the small guy basically, here's my product, check it out, get to know it, you know, Yep. Be a, a great PR tool, you know, and hopefully a way to get it, get the product launched. It is. It's it's actually really interesting. Um, so Kickstarter is a great way to kind of get your product on the market. However, you need funding of some sort to get it to be Kickstarter ready. Yeah. Because you have to have some art. You have to have a, a complete product. You can't show up with a really ugly prototype and be like, hey, back this. Yeah. So there's a lot of like costs that go into just getting to the point of being Kickstarter ready and, and a then, lot of time. yeah and a lot of time and then you have to do the Kickstarter and if you fund then you have to manufacture so it, Kickstarter is not the beginning of that process there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that yeah um, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily recognize that they, they behind the scenes how long would yeah. you say before you even got close to you know Kickstarter uh, <laughs> my wife and I actually started working on this November of last year so I mean we've only been doing this for less than a year now um, That's actually really impressive. Yeah. Well, my wife is pretty awesome. So, um, I, wives are so Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've got. I, I've played Dungeons and Dragons. I've run games forever. So I've always like done writing and putting together stories and stuff like that. So, she brings the the more practical organizational side to the creative thing. So I'll be coming. I'll come in and say, Hey, here's this idea, and she's like, Well, here's how we implement that idea. So um, she's been really great about keeping me on track. She's the even and, keel. Yeah, exactly. That's always great so, to have on the team. It, it really is. Because I could have gone a billion different directions. She was the one who said, remember who we're making this for. We're not making it for diehard, you know, strategic wargamer the types. Exactly, exactly. So she really helped kind of funnel it in the right direction. So. And definitely. I mean, I'm, I'll back you on the Kickstarter and awesome. probably throw a game or two over to T Tucson Games and Gadgets. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be great. So that way, so. you know, the, the store can see it and the store can maybe have another, another uh, game day session with it. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So Because, dude, you've come up with a great product. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All thank right. you for your time. Thank appreciate you very it. much. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition, 
and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.